Welcome to the HR Community Podcast. My name is Shane O'Neill, founder of Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Each episode, we will host HR leaders and discuss their journey and discover best practice HR solutions across the HR industry. Whether you're a CEO, HR executive, or operating across the wider HR space, this podcast is for you. Please like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment and share your views. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the HR Community Podcast. This morning, I am joined with Christine Paulson. Uh, Christine is the former Chief People Officer for Greenlit Brands. Welcome, Christine. Thanks so much for having me, Shane. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Oh, thank you. Um, over to you, Christine. We'd love to hear a little bit more about, um, well, what you're currently um, working at at the moment um, and also a little bit more about the CPO role with, with Greenlit Brands. Yeah, absolutely. Look, in terms of what I'm working on at the moment, I'm being really fortunate to have um, some time to uh, do some personal learning and have taken mm-hmm. some time to do some uh, executive coaching training. So I'm accredited coach um, and executive coach and doing some of um, that work at the moment, which has been really wonderful to be stepping outside a little bit of my comfort zone um, from the sort of more day-to-day CPO role mm-hmm. and, and really lean into to really helping people um, in leadership roles um, working through their, their um, next journey. Fantastic. Amazing. And then for anyone that doesn't know Greenlit Brands, can you tell us a little bit about what the business do? So Greenlit Brands, I guess the best way to describe it is a house of retail brands. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that what's best about uh, describing that is a house of retail brands that is vertically integrated with its own logistics and manufacturing framework that then can support all of those brands um, under one banner. Um, and when I say house of retail brands, they're household goods brands and mm. and certainly names that most of um, most of your audience will know, which is Freedom Furniture, Fantastic, mm. Snooze, et cetera. So lots of those brands that 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 your audience would know and love. That's that's all right. Um, I know I'm familiar with quite a few of those brands, especially through uh, the last couple of years with Lockdown um, went through a full full refurb of furniture and everything else, like I know a lot of people did. I completely understand. Some it's it's great to have um, the ability to shop at those brands. Right. It can also be a little expensive. Um, <laughs> when you're a staff member, you see all those great products coming in sure. every season. Absolutely. Um, well, Christine, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey um, within HR? Because I know it's, bit, it's it's not your traditional sort of route. So I'll be really keen for you to tell our listeners a little bit about your initial background and then how you sort of stepped into the more senior HR executive side that you're in today. Absolutely. And I think what I wanted to start with was a little bit, um, especially for the listeners, that it doesn't need to be a traditional sort of, mm. you know, um, start to um, your career to still end up and still have a, a really quite successful. And what I mean by that is, for me, for example, you know, I would grew up in a country town mm-hmm. um, and that and I've got three younger brothers. And so for me, as a as a teenager and going into sort of early 20s, that meant, um, you know, a lot of um, domestic requirements at home. So in those early years, uni wasn't an option for me. Um, 
But uh, that doesn't mean that you can't still have a wonderful career and progress. So from from my early 20s on, I took that opportunity to to step outside and um, move to the big smoke, I guess, for want of a better Mm. word, and and start my um, career and um, in administration, really, and took that love of finance and accounting um, and and spread that into more of a REM and Ben's um, um, framework, which is what I started to work within. Uh, And I guess where that led to um, really was that opportunity and when I started with with, um, Freedom Furniture as the head of payroll, remuneration and benefits, um, they were ASX listed at the time. Mm. And that role really was about implement not only about managing payroll and remuneration, but also implementing a time and attendance and, and HRIS system. So, you know, that was things can certainly make some some interesting turns throughout your career. And as it turns out, uh, Freedom was acquired by Steinhoff International. Freedom was ASX listed, as I mentioned, and Steinhoff International is a global um, a global entity based in Germany and South Africa. Um, so my career from from that payroll perspective really took a turn to being a part of the integration team as Steinhoff acquired more retail businesses in Australia. Those names that I mentioned earlier, Snooze, Freedom mm-hmm. fantastic in those. Uh, So my role really became part of that integration team as to how do we embed those new um, organisations as part of their ongoing journey. But that was a huge change, and I think what you'll what you what your listeners may see in my in my journey is that um, interestingly there was a, a quite a sharp turn which was in and around um, the requirement for our organisation locally to increase its capability from a risk perspective, mm. um, and so I was asked to lead that that um, aspect and and increase the capability of risk knowledge and awareness in the organisation and build that reporting framework within the mm. group. Um, something that I'd never done before, but certainly something that the leaders in the organisation trusted in me, that I would lean on the right people, find the right answers and really, and because I was able to really influence in terms mm. of the senior leaders in the group, um, I really took a great, um, a great turn in terms of being able to embed myself into some of those um, retail brands in terms of what's their strategic journey. Mm. And then how do we protect that strategic journey and the outcomes, the commercial outcomes that required from a risk perspective? So um, at the time, it was an interesting one for me. Mm. I wasn't sure if I could really do it, to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, And I'm not sure how much I loved it at the time. But now looking back, um, it's really been a great addition to my career Mm. um, because it's really being able to demonstrate separately that I can have a commercial lens um, and bring from a HR perspective um, that commerciality um, in and around um, safeguarding EBIT um, safety um, and other, I guess, sales and and, and supply chain um, um, metrics that are really important to, you know, certainly some of these businesses that I've been a part of. Fantastic. And you mentioned the term influence, which comes up a lot in my world in, in recruiting HR roles. Um, tell us a little about, bit about that. So, um, you know, w- when it comes to influencing, we can, you know, read up on a lot of um, information. We can learn frameworks and methodologies and theories around the human minds. But in, in terms of um building your strengths in influencing, which I know is one of your key strengths, you know, how would you describe to our listeners how you go about that? Um, you know, what would you say would be, would have been your journey in upskilling um, in, in influencing? 
I think influencing is one of the, if you can do that well, mm. it's one of your key, um, I guess, um, uh, bullets, I guess, that, that you can certainly use in your career. And I think first, you know, from an influencing perspective, um, listening is the key. Mm in my opinion, because uh, listening really um, articulates to your audience and to who you're working with that you understand what, you know, really it's about them and really people want to make sure that they're heard and 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 that you're able to um, understand what they, their needs and requirements are um, and that you're able to then create the journey together mm. with that lens um, certainly on board. Um, it doesn't mean that you do what they say. It just means that you understand so that when you're co-creating the journey, you've got their thoughts in mind. Mm. Um, if that's if that's a barrier, I think what you're doing is you're just having a two-way conversation and you're both not listening and you're both not really progressing and mm. propelling forward in the way that you need. So for me, listening um, and, and really having that open dialogue and being transparent about where you need yeah. to go as well um, really is one of those key factors from an influencing perspective. Fantastic. And we talked a little bit about your journey specifically. Let's talk a little bit about the, I guess, HR as, as a whole. So you would have seen so much transformation in, in HR and, and people are, people and culture over the last couple of years, especially coming from the more remuneration, payroll um, space through through risk and compliance through to, you know, generalist HR. So you've kind of um, been involved in quite a few different realms, um, I guess, with um, with your career. T tell us a little bit about, I guess, what, what you've seen to be some of the major transformations in HR, Christine. Look, I have to say that certainly over the last few years, one of the biggest transformations I've seen is the wellbeing space. Mm. You know, I'm sure that your audience would all agree. And I think that the capability of leaders um, to really be leaning in from a well-being, bring your whole self to work, mm. um, the acceptance of family uh, and the acceptance of, um, of the fact that we do have, we have our work life and we have many other facets of our life is certainly something that I've that I've seen in our leaders and from a capability perspective and from a well-being perspective mm. that people don't need to hide their, their other lives um, anymore and there's quite a lot of empathy. Um, and I think that that's really um, helping people show up with their full self um, going forward. Yeah, exactly right. And I, and I agree with you there. And I think it also helps, um, well, again, sort of putting on my recruitment hat, candidates identify the, the right business for them. So it's not... It's not so much just about a job now or just about, you know, making a salary. It's about, you know, do my values and visions align with this organization and, and, and vice versa with, with the candidates. So I think it's, it's helping people connect with the business a lot more, but it's also helping the businesses connect with their people um, and engage their people and, and ensure that they're job satisfied. Um, especially in a, a fairly, high competitive market when it comes to talent. Um, talk to us a little bit about, again, sort of more specifically with your industry experience, Christine, you know, what you've seen over the last sort of um, couple of years when it comes to talent, especially in that wider supply chain, because I know it's a um, high competitive market at the moment for talent. And there's a lot of pressure on supply chain um, at the moment to, uh, to keep up with demand. Look, there really is, and the supply chain is certainly one of those uh, critical areas that I've been working on recently, um, Shane. And look, there's it is an absolute challenge, and we're seeing um, some 
uh, other organisations that are large in this in this um, in Australia, New Zealand, who are paying high salaries um, to attract uh, their team members, and it's really hard for um, some of the organisations that have got such mm. small margins to be able to meet that. So I think what we're seeing is what else can some of these organisations offer to mm. employees um, over and above or in. in different to salary that can attract some of these mm. talents. So I think what we're seeing is organisations need to think differently about how that they can offer great benefits um, and inclusions for their people um, because it's really hard to compete um, when some of these organisations are paying um, almost double um, the mm. award rate. Um, so it's, it's really is quite a challenge. Um, but in saying that, it's great for the individuals. Mm. Uh, so we're certainly digging deeper and thinking about how we can attract and what we can offer. And it can be things like... Um, offering career pro- career progression. It can be things like offering further, deeper training. Mm. It can be things like offering um, rostered days off. Or there's there's certainly ways to really engage with individuals about what's going to propel them forward, um, as opposed to just a united. Um, it's a salary, and um, let's just hope that everyone is um, on board with that. So it's getting mm. more individual, which I quite like. Yeah, absolutely. And and in terms of more of, I guess, leaning back on on HR again, um, do you see or predict or or, or see any um, challenges for for HR in the coming years? I mean, given the demand on people at the moment and employees, given the competitiveness to try and find talent, especially here in Australia, and um, I guess the increased um, demand and, and want for technology and, 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 and products and services, especially here in Australia, um, what are the sort of main challenges you, you sort of forecast? Look, I think for us, if we are from a HR perspective Mm. and and organisations as a whole, if we're not thinking outside of the box Mm. um, and doing more than just um, a role and um, a salary and a great leader, I think we need to be thinking more broadly Mm. um, in terms of attracting that talent. You would see that too in the conversations, I'm sure, um, your your candidates are asking what else, you know, what is the organisation doing from a sustainability perspective? Um, And so people really want to understand is when they sign up, um, they want to feel good about that. That's right. And, and what does that mean? And what's an organisation doing about some of those CSR initiatives? And those and they're almost now hygiene factors. They're mm. expected, I think. Um, so if we're not doing those things as an organisation, I think that's certainly a focus that we should be turning our minds to. Yeah, absolutely. And then the next question I had for you, um, I know you're a big advocate for HR at the, at the decision table and um, you, you've got extensive experience with leadership coaching. For any of our aspiring leaders out there or um, leaders in the HR field who are sort of ready for that next step, um, how would you or what advice would you give them rather um, to sort of take that next step and, and, and get their seat at the table or to um, maybe push their organisation to get them a bit more involved in that high level strategy? Look, uh, there's one key thing that I've learned along the way and once I learned it the hard way because I didn't ask for what I wanted and later mm. realised that someone said, well, if you'd have told me that, I absolutely, that would have been yeah. fine. So my advice is ask for what you want because you're worth it. And if you're not asking, you're wondering if you're worth it. So mm. my key advice is don't hesitate to knock on the door, share some thoughts around, mm. you know, 
and take ownership for what you're looking for. Um, so I think you need to sometimes be specific. Leaders have got a lot on their minds. So sure. if you've got something that you want, be specific and ask, certainly put your you know foot in the door and ask for what you want because you'll be surprised as to, as to what you might achieve. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Um, and then, again, sort of relating back to the, the aspiring leaders, any other advice or what would be your other sort of top two tips for upcoming leaders, aspiring leaders, or even current leaders in the HR market? Look, I think the other thing is thinking back to my risk days is Mm. certainly um, don't be afraid to take a a different angle for a period of time in your career. And what it's not necessarily about a pause or or, um, impacting your career. It's actually adding, it's actually differentiating you Mm. from the market or from from the standard process. So, and I'm noticing that that's that's been um, quite topical for me. Um, So I, what my, my advice would certainly be is to um, think about being more broad and, mm. and perhaps um, taking some opportunities to to um, uh, embed yourself into some commerciality aspects and um, to really um, broaden that career right. aspect. Um, uh, there is certainly no downside into to taking a twelve month or taking a six month opportunity um, to really leverage mm. that experience. Absolutely. And I think now is the time. The world of work is um, continuing to change. It's not slowing down. There's a lot of opportunity out there, I think, for HR leaders to start to spread their net a bit further and and see what else they can um, pull under their belt. Yeah, that's right. And I think what else I'm noticing is that HR is really... while it's certainly on the radar, there's certainly an expectation for HR practitioners to be able to demonstrate commerciality for their, mm. for their initiatives and for their spend. So I think it's really important to really understand how you can be commercial and what, what commercial outcomes um, HR initiatives are driving and how it's linked, linking through to strategy. Um, so I think there's certainly an opportunity to take that time. Um, and if you haven't got that um, thought in your mind, then certainly um, leverage that and maybe spend some time with this. You know, mm. I've spent a lot of time with CFOs and there's no harm in doing that because it certainly helps um, connect that dialogue from a, from a financial and strategic perspective. Fantastic. Great advice. Great advice, especially at the senior in the town at the moment. Commerciality, that business acumen, it's, it's, a, it's a major key essential criteria on a lot of the jobs. I recruit at that level um, and it's becoming more and more common in, 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 jo- in job descriptions. Um, yeah. A couple of quick uh, short questions for you, Christine, before we um, finish up today. Most influential person? Oh, um, I've got, am I allowed to have two? You are. Uh, great. So two people who I've worked with for a long time. So these aren't celebrities. These are just people who I've worked with for a long time, Michael Gordon and Tim Schafsma. Um, you know, absolute advocates of me and um, really helped shape my career. Amazing. Thank you. Best lesson learned? Oh, ask for what you want. Ask for what you want. Yeah. That's great advice. Work from home, hybrid, work in the office, remote. What's your preference? Oh, um, I do love working from home from time mm-hmm. to time. I won't lie. There's, there's, um, I enjoy the tracksuits every now and again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think we all do, especially on some of these winter days. That's but right. I do, I'm a people person. So yeah. absolutely hybrid for me. Absolutely. Especially when you talk about the commerciality piece, uh-huh. sitting with the CFO, being involved in the business, being involved in the meetings. I think it's critical. Who do you inspire? Oh, 
Uh, who do I inspire? That's a great one. Look, I think I do inspire my team. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to be super transparent when I can um, and share the big picture. So, you know, I really, um, so if that's my team or a broader team, um, I do that via being um, transparent and very communicative. Love it. Who are, what I should, I should say, what frustrates you? Oh, oh, I don't know if I should say this, but um, sometimes when egos get in the way, I do mm. get frustrated. I'll be honest. Yeah, leave your ego at the door, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you keep mentally focused? Oh, um, look, I've got lots of energy, so it sort yeah. of comes naturally. But I'm yeah. a more, I'm definitely a morning person. Yeah. Um, so I try to pack as much as I can into the mornings because by the afternoon, you know, the chocolate comes out, and you know, really, yeah. you know, I've got to <laughs> really dig deep. So you know, try and I think really understand where you get your most energy from and, and build on from there. Trying to build on it, and yeah. then um, I mean, leading on from that, when we talk about energy, um, any hobbies, sports, and and the extracurricular wise that you get involved in. I love, um, and I've just found this out, but I really love Pilates. And I initially thought that it was because I love exercising laying down, um, yes. which it is, it is a benefit. There's no doubt about that. But, um, look, there's certainly an aspect around that where I just truly feel like it's time for me yeah. um, um, and you still get a great workout. Yeah. Um, all at the same time. So that's my that's my newfound um, love. And it's one of those things. I think you've got to find the thing that you jump that's out of right. and that's mine. Yeah, 100%. It's so important to have something like that as well, just so you can kind of clear the head and step away from the, the day-to-day. Um, yeah, what's yours? Oh, I have boxing at the moment. Ooh. So, yeah, I've been doing that for for over a year now, actually. So that's my it's my go-to. So maybe it's uh, in line with the frustrations of uh, recruitment, <laughs> but uh, no, it's good. I like it. And, it, and, and it, it's, it's not just such a physical high-intensity sport. It's a lot about the mind as well, um, which I really like. So... <laughs> That's what I'll be planning to do later today. Um, Last question for you, Christine, and I will let you go and get on with your boarding. Um, Any upcoming holidays, retreats, dream holidays that you've got on the bucket list, anything like that? Well, I just had a month in Spain, so that was a big bucket tick, a bucket list tick, which had been um, planned for a few years. So very fortunate to have done that. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I came back thinking, all right, you know, really should just put the holidays on the, on, you know, on the pause for now. But um, quickly now into thinking about new holidays, which at the moment, uh, looking into the Philippines. Um, ah, amazing. I don't know if you've been, but um, uh, that's certainly something on the list at the moment that I'm looking into. Amazing. I've not been to the Philippines yet, but we plan to go later this year, actually. So oh. that'd be pretty exciting. I can give you some uh, tips we'll if I get back. there before you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for jumping on today. Some great insight there for all our listeners, Christine. Um, really appreciate you making the time and uh, enjoy the weekend. Pleasure. Thanks so much, Shane. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the HR Community Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe and share your views and comments below. This podcast was brought to you by Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Whether you're a candidate looking for a new role or organization looking to secure brand new talent for your team, please get in touch with us today. Thank you.